Super Talk Mississippi media production. In the Mississippi Legislature, Senate Bill 2145 funds health care for illegal immigrants. Call your legislator today at 601-359-3770. Ask them to stop Senate Bill 2145. It's not too late. You can help stop this. Paid for by Building America's Future. Welcome to Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Well, hello, baby. Welcome into Weekend Gardening. Oh, my goodness. All right, now, get out your seatbelts because it's the roller coaster garden January headed into February when I heard one of my favorite meteorologists yesterday say that there's actual winter weather ahead, I thought, where have you been? <laughs> but I know my idea of winter is not always everybody else's. What does this mean for us as gardeners? That's what we should talk about today. We'll talk a little bit about some indoor gardening, very very big happinesses that are coming up. I'm looking forward to seeing all the group that has registered on for Monday at Lakeland's Lunch Bunch. Now, you can still get in for February the 6th. So if you want to come to one of these things, by all means, go ahead and, and RSVP. But remember that it will be for February 6th, beginning as of now, because we're kind of full. <laughs> I'm very happy to say that. That's delightful. January is the time that if... I really believe if you can get people to talk about gardening in January and to get busy and do some things in January, you've really won as in terms of trying to recruit that person over to our happy, kind way of life. Well, what does that mean? Hmm, we can talk about it. Gardening is going to make you a better person. It's going to feed you better, too, sometimes, and certainly make you, you smile a whole lot more when things bloom. Yes, it will bring out some of the... Shall we put, how do we put this? Lance, I don't want to curse because I won't, don't want you to have to push the button. But there are some things that will absolutely befuddle you about gardening. <laughs> we'll put it that way. <laughs> That's why I'm here. And yes, part of my job is the forensic horticulture. What happened? What, what, what happened to my plant? Well, I hope I can help you. That's why I'm known as the garden mama because everybody's garden needs a little bit of mama. And frankly, it's the most fun in the world. Triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven is the Super Talk call line. Of course, six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five is the ceasefire text line. I have uh, nothing really to complain about that's worth complaining about, but I will tell you that when your cats get up, you get up. So <laughs> I've had several cups of coffee today because of that. My dogs are the opposite of the cats. You know, they 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 They'll wake up way after. Yeah, yeah. They, they're looking at you like you're crazy. They're waiting you're, for you to fill the bowl for them to get up. Yeah, yes. my my, my two year old lab. She likes eating all the food and have eaten all day. You know, just munched all day, and then she'll uh, get her food bowl, walk around with it, and and it's a metal one, so she'll throw it on the floor at you. Then you go put food in it, and she doesn't want it. So you know, it's just it's always a mind game with an animal, isn't it? I I heard this week about a habit that I've not ever had a dog or a cat that did this, but apparently there are a lot of animals, dogs particularly, that will do that in one way or another. You put the food in their bowl and they'll take three pieces of it in their mouth and go and sit next to the table where you're eating 
and and have that and then go back to their bowl, you know, and do these little rituals because they want they actually would like for you to just sit down and chow with them. But it's probably not going to happen. So they come to you, which is smart on the dog's part, if you think about it. My dog loves for both my labs love for me to sit there and talk to them and tell them how handsome and pretty and smart they are (laughs) and how how they eating so good. You know, it's almost like they need an audience. And then when they don't have one, they come looking for you for Uh, the audience. Exactly. They need they need that floor show that that dinner entertainment and why not bills in perkinston um i hope i hope all is well in poplarville is it still too early to prune grapevines in south mississippi no i think you're right on time um if if (laughs) if if you can get there I, i someone sent me a picture of their the woods where they grow their muscadines and said i want to go and prune but and it was ankle deep in water so the question was how long do i have to wait you really need to get it done while the vines are dormant and that's all that that you need to know when they begin to grow we've got a problem unless what we're waiting for is for them to leaf out so that we know where the parts are that perhaps were frozen or were damaged and we want to be able to cut them off only but if you're doing the traditional pruning on muscadine grapes Winter is the the time to do it, and that's exactly where we are. I did not get my possum grapes cut down, but I did hack away at them a little bit. (laughs) There's more there than I anticipated. Just to let you know, sometimes you have to take more than one bite at that apple. I am really happy to tell you that uh, I have returned in the All Things Garden Mama newsletter if you if you want to be a subscriber, this is really the point in the year where you need to jump in. Um, you can always jump in on Patreon because that is a is a monthly thing. For the base level at patreon.com slash garden mama, it is one dollar and you get the newsletter a week after the people who pay the full price. It's in the archives at that point and you can go look at it. That seems to be plenty for a lot of people because let's face it, I do talk a lot. I, I do write a bunch. And and it's all fairly timely within a week of itself. Now, on the other hand, when you go up the higher levels, you get it in email just like the people who signed up at a table somewhere did. So that's how the newsletter works. And I have been asked several times to go back in and put the top story that I'm going to report on this week in the newsletter because people really like that. I used to put two or three at times. But this week I decided I would just pick one. And I am so tickled by the, the, my ability to give give you all this information from Kobe University reporting just this week. This is the first known incident of this particular creature assisting in seed dispersal in Asia. What in this? What in the world could this be? Well, it's not only nifty that it does that, but I had no idea that there was only one dark furred wild rabbit and that's who this is um pentalogus furnessi the amani rabbit major seed dispersal agent now hold on for this particular non-photosynthetic plant you know what that means doesn't grow like everybody else okay and in this particular case that's a balafonora i'm I'm sorry balanophora i knew i'd get that accent wrong anyway this is so cool. They're publishing in the journal Ecology, which is a quite reputable piece. It is a rare nocturnal animal, this Amani rabbit, and therefore 
people didn't know what was going on with it until somebody took a, a point to try to figure out how this plant got its seeds dispersed. Because, well, it's pretty hard to get into, too. Really interesting stuff. I uh, I think it's really the, the point of doing research is to teach us something that we didn't know. And then if it has applications beyond that, it goes from being pure science to being applied science. Okay? So the pure science is that we now know that there's only one dark-furred rabbit in Asia and that it is a seed dispersal agent. That's a passport, friends. That leads us to a whole lot of other stuff to study. Not only what else disperses seeds that we didn't know about, but, well, you know, I never like to think there's only one. There's probably another dark-furred rabbit somewhere in Asia. We'll have to get someone to report on that later on. One of the questions that has come to me in the email this week, what about pre-emerge herbicides? And yes, January is traditionally the time in Zone 8, particularly um, for, for that work to be done, as, as always, because you know the weeds are coming up sooner. The earlier part in the f- south, southern part around Zone 9, even 8B, and a little bit later when we get up closer, shall we just say, closer past Winona, going to Memphis, that direction. Those are the times that we basically see things change in our local environment. And by local, I mean just the very center of the southeast where we are. I do think, and this is a prediction, so, you know, somebody write it down. I'll probably be wrong, but maybe not. I think we're going to see lots and lots of incredible numbers of what we consider garden lawn weeds, okay? Um, Henbit, chickweed, even purslane and, you know, any of the, the others that, that we generally speaking try to keep out, both seed-borne and perennial. Here's why. A lot of lawns are going to green up a little bit later this year simply because they took such a hard hit while many of them were still a bit green in last December's crazy weather, Okay. So that's going to slow them down a little bit. Meanwhile, just like so many other plants, the seeds and the stems and the roots in there already are stimulated to grow because they didn't get wiped out. And they're, you know, I don't want to say they're happy about it because that's a human emotion. But the response of a plant is to try to make more of itself to survive. So therefore, I think we're going to see large amounts of this. Now, this is what brings up the, the notion of irony for me. It's ironic, isn't it, that the ones that we don't necessarily want are often the ones that grow the best. And it's also ironic that Garden Mama, who tells you all the time to have something blooming every week of the year, is telling you to suppress some of them. You know that it's true. Once your lawn is half covered up by weeds, you've got a lawn problem, not a weed problem. Okay, that you can take care of the weeds, but you're still going to have to fix the lawn. So I don't want you to get to that point. I want you to see these things coming up and and take care. Leave some, yes, leave some. Leave some of the clover. Leave some of the, you know. I may not leave the wild onions, but that's another story. Because they're not actually wild onions. They're false allium. But anyway, if you if you have these areas, pay attention to them. You certainly don't want them to go to seed. And you really do want to get in there and do a little bit of reduction sooner than later. 
it's just really important at this time to realize that um, our lawns are going to be a little bit damaged. Ooh, this is nice. Raised in Hattiesburg. Napa cabbage that I'm ready to go graze on myself. Those look great. I love Napa cabbage. Started them in December. How cold hardy are they? How soon can I transplant them to raised beds? They are just like any cabbage. It does look like you have grown them outdoors, so they are hardy. But I would, because you're going to disturb their roots at this point, I would make sure that you have a cover for them for the coldest nights. You don't want to slow them down. And it could be as simple as um, a, a gallon milk jug, gallon water jug with the cut bottom cut off of it, just put on top of them to, to help keep the heat in there. Or you could make a cloche. I have just um, re- refashioned the cloche, and I'm about to start some things in there. But because I am farther north than you, I will be encircling the whole thing, covering it all up, and frankly trying to put a heat source in there too. So you may not need that. But I would go ahead. They're not going to do for you in these these flats. They need to be where they're going to grow. So I would do it and prepare to cover them when necessary. All right. Let's see. Um, oh, up next on the text line. Hey, David and Brandon. He's looking at monkey grass. Should I cut it all the way back or prepare for new growth? Well, actually, you can do both. In this case, his is completely browned out. So in that case... I'm going to take it, you know, I hate to say it because I'm sure there's hundreds of these, but I'm going to take it one at a time and knock off the old leaves. If you only have 10 plants, you can do that with scissors. It's not a problem. But if you have 200, you certainly at least need a, a shear. You may even be able to manage doing this at this point with a string trimmer. But you don't want to hit the center of each clump. You want to be very careful doing this. So if you're an artist with the string trimmer, this could be done that way. What you're trying to do is get this debris off because the dead the dead leaves are simply debris and give that center an opportunity to pop right up and, and give you a whole bunch of new leaves. If you don't, if you leave the old browned ones, then the new leaves have to come up on top and they lay kind of like a skirt over the ones underneath. So then in about a month or two, you go out there and start pulling those things off because by then they've withered entirely and you've got funny little tufts of monkey grass standing up above the soil where the leaves used to be so it's a really good idea to go ahead and do that trimming when they are completely brown to go ahead and do that before the new growth starts yeah and if you um what what is the reasoning behind deer and monkey grass is there a reason (laughs) why they they love being your string trimmer for you well i i think it's just a succulent grass at a time of year when they're looking for something it's it usually is as simple as that my I, I watched, unfortunately, a video. I, I was not there, but I watched a video of someone's nursery where the deer had gotten in, and they literally went from pot to pot and ate only the center of the liriope out of the middle. So they were literally dead at that point. But apparently that was the best tasting. So that's why they ate it. Oh, my goodness. I want you to cut that, that monkey grass or even any ornamental grass close back to the crown, but you don't ever want to cut into the crown. That is for sure. I, um, I'm worried about my bay leaf tree. I've had a couple of other people let me know that theirs are not looking too great either. But um, I, I see that there are some new leaves trying to come out, but I think I'm going to end up shedding most of its foliage. I hate that, but it's something that I grow in a container, and I can put it to the back of the 
group of plants and, you know, let it come on back along. If the same thing is true of a, one of my trees in my front garden, which is also a marginal species for where I live, I'm, I may end up having to cut it down. I, I said to someone yesterday, by the time we get to the bottle tree tour in my neighborhood in Fondren um, next fall, we, we may find that we have a whole lot of organic bottle trees. We may need more bottles because we won't have as many trees. Um, you know, the question, one of the questions that, that comes up at this time of year is, what if you can't finish something and then the weather turns on you? I, I understand that, but I also need you to know, don't bite off more than you can chew. If, for example, like me, you need to finish pruning something, go ahead and do as big a chunk of it as you can before the weather turns again. I know it, at, in, in my world it's going to be raining tomorrow, which frankly makes it a great day for a large bowl of soup and a whole lot of football. But that's that's the coach's daughter talking. So <laughs> I, I'm happy to say that there's a there's – there's a lot to be said for tomorrow's lineup. If every Sunday was that interesting, we'd watch every week. There have been some great games, too. I mean, some of the two weeks ago, last week was a little bit blown out. But, you know, it, like the two weeks ago, those some of the best playoff games I've ever seen. And great weather to chill out and eat soup and watch football. All of that. And that that's exactly what um, I, I have a friend who talks about the the joy of, of baking bread, you know, while the pregame is on and eating bread in the afternoon. I'm not that organized, but I do like the idea. I really do. We've got a phone caller waiting. We've got some texts coming in. I've got a whole lot to talk about, and I know you do, too. That's because this is Weekend Gardening. Turn your radio Turn your radio on and listen to the music in the air. Turn your radio Turn your radio on. Have the glory share, glory share. Lights down low. Turn your lights down low and listen to the master's radio. Get in touch with God. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. This is professional ball player and former Mississippi State Bulldog, Jake Mangum. Critical moments demand experience. Whether you're on the field, in the car, or at home, you need the right people supporting you. Farm Bureau's exceptional team is dedicated to superior customer service and competitive rates, and they've got your back. If you aren't already on the team, it's time to join Farm Bureau. Visit favrates.com for great rates on home and auto insurance, or find a local agent at msfbins.com. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. Think of all the comforts your family enjoys around your home. When you include propane appliances throughout your home, you can have even greater comfort from endless hot water to softer clothing and cozier heat on cold winter days. With an all-propane home, you'll also enjoy greater efficiency and energy savings compared to all electric homes. Go to PERC.com and ask why propane. The answer will be clear. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com. 
Hello, my name is John Merrill, the owner of Amada Senior Care. We're your local trust advisor for senior home care. We provide experienced caregivers for your loved ones so they can remain in their home. Just like you would care for your loved ones, our employees provide assistance with their personal care needs. As your trusted senior advisor, I can help your family navigate the long-term care insurance process. Just call me, John Merrill with Amada Senior Care, for your free in-home consultation, 601-864-3752. At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick GMC or pre-owned vehicle at FillmoreBuickGMC.com. Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. Are you a hard worker? Are you dependable? Do you have a good attitude? Do you want to be part of a team? If so, the Black Label Bridge Builders at Key Constructors offers lead men and women purpose-driven career opportunities with on-the-job and outside training, leadership development, and benefits. To learn more about what it takes to be a Black Label Bridge Builder, please visit Key's website at keyconstructors.com. Please also follow at Key Constructors on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook to see regular updates on the Black Label Bridge Bridge Builders. Having any electrical problems? LaValley Electrical Services. We install new switches, breakers, relays, and Kohler generators. LaValley Electrical Services. We handle new lighting fixtures, ceiling fans, electrical outlets, and LED lights. LaValley Electrical Services. 601-228-9969. 601-228-9969. That's 601-228-9969 or online at LaValleyServices.com. That's LaValleyServices.com. I'll second guest dinners with friends because they can be interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon Pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickening of your bowel wall. If you're allergic to pork or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints, call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI and visit creoninfo.com or call 800-633-9110 to learn more. That's C-R-E-O-N-info.com. Thank you so much for joining me today on Weekend Gardening. David's in Florence on the phone line today. Ooh, let's talk plum trees. What's going on, David? Well, good morning, God. God, Mama, how are you doing this morning? Great, thank you. Good deal, good deal. All right, so I've got a couple of plum trees that uh, they're about 10 years old. One's uh, considerably larger than the other one, but the other one's catching up. 
and they've been putting on plums every year. Um, they aren't as big as uh, I think they should be, but also um, they get to where they turn, uh, they start turning, and next thing you know, the little black, uh, uh, I guess, bugs or where the bugs are eating in them, and then the mm-hmm. sap comes out. That's it's just ruining the whole the whole tree. It sure will. It sounds to me like you're on the right track. You've got two varieties that are obviously compatible with each other because you're getting fruit. What the the next step is, and because your problems are occurring at the point where the fruit's on, you have the opportunity right now to start the cure. When we grow plums, when we grow peaches, particularly when we grow apples, we oftentimes need to spray them on a regular basis through the season because the pests are so predictable. It, it's just it's it's okay. like knowing that you know I'm I'm going to leave my coat at the studio one winter day. <laughs> you know it's just going to happen. Okay. So um, I suggest that you get yourself to your favorite garden center and talk to them about a fruit tree spray. It's not hard to do, and it's something you, literally. If you got two fruit trees, one of these days you're going to have four. So you may as well have a little one gallon pump up sprayer and the materials that you need to take care of that. There are they're all in one products. If you prefer to go in a, either there's both ones that are conventionally formulated and ones that are formulated from natural products. There's all of that stuff out there. The point is to do it and to know when to do it. You have to read the label on that particular product that you choose because it will tell you at what point. You usually I, I don't quote me because I haven't sprayed fruit trees in a long time, but usually it is there's a point of flower drop where you make the first spray. And then you go on and do it down the way through the season until your your problems go away in terms of pests. Now, that's important. Right. The other thing that's important is pruning and fertilizing. Do you do both of those things? Well, the trees, okay, so I have not been fertilizing up until last year. Okay. And I did fertilize both trees, and I did it with a, uh, a, a fruit-bearing fertilizer. Well, then you're on the right track. Um, Okay, so do I fertilize again? You will. Before um, they bloom, and- you, I wouldn't do it before they bloom, but at, but when they're blooming is usually a good time. Read the, again. Read the label of that particular product, but it's usually it usually stimulates them better if they're already starting to grow. And in the case of a plum, okay. that's going to be when it flowers. So, is is the the spots are are evidently coming from a pest? Mm-hmm. Is it what's called the plum curculio? Well, this is a plum curculio. This is something that the eggs are laid on the in in the plum tree early in the season, and as the fruit grows, so grows the pest. I got you. <laughs> now, and if you got it, if you think well, about it, it's really ingenious on the part of the pest because they're getting you to right, grow their right. food source. <laughs> That's why we have right. to stop well, them. <laughs> Yeah, well, I know the lady that gave us the plum trees. She used to bring my wife uh, bags of these these fairly nice mm-hmm. succulent plums, and they were they were all so good. And we've never been able to get any off. Of- well, as long as you've got a sunny site and both well drained soil and and also you know water when it's really 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 dry in the summer, that's about the only thing that that particular tree needs, except for 
pruning, when you prune a plum tree or a peach tree or something, what you're trying to do is get more sunlight in so that the fruit can develop. So it's kind of a complex of things. But since you've got a pest issue, we need to address that first. You did fertilize last year, so you don't need to do that again until later this year. But you're in, you're in really good shape to see a better crop now if you go ahead and get yourself some fruit tree spray. Okay, so a couple of years ago I did uh, prune, and I, I, I looked it up on the phone, and mm-hmm. it, it kind of pruned in a funnel-type way yep. Yep. to allow the sun to get to the, the blossoms mm-hmm. and the, the fruit itself. Yep. So I did that. Would you suggest doing it again? You can do it any winter that you feel like, there, for example, at some point there will be a couple of branches that will start growing next to each other and rubbing on each other. There will be um, right. one that grows crisscross across the middle, which is b- blocking the sunlight and not doing what you want you know, to, to do. You can always okay. prune those off in the wintertime. And some people, particularly those who are a little bit height-challenged, will take them da- take the plum trees down because they get so tall and you can't get the fruit. <laughs> so they'll, they'll do that's that, right. too. That's right. <laughs> All right, Garden Mom. I'm gonna I'm gonna let I'm gonna hang up and let you talk some more. That's but, great. Uh, Thank I you, wish David. You would also address. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wish you would also address the different ways that these trees are fertilized by their well by the bees, the moss, the, the wasp. I mean, early in the year, I see these little bitty bees flying everywhere. Mm-hmm. Well, they're they're well, the, they're, my, they're our friends. The they're trees. they're looking for some nectar, and and hopefully your trees are providing it for them. That's great. We got. Do you know we have? What is it? We have eight or nine different native bees in the state of Mississippi. There's a bunch of them. Somebody's going to tell me the right number. Well, <laughs> well, we do, and and I honestly hate to even. You know, they they get uh, up under the porch. They get everywhere, and of course, we try our best not to to harm them uh, because that's what they do. But uh, best thing to do is just stay out of the way. I understand. <laughs> it's good to hear thank, from you today. You so thank you. <laughs> Smart gardener. <laughs> You know, it, that that is one of the, the things I, I will admit, I will admit, I have carried around cuttings from my grandmother's hydrangeas for years, grown the plants, enjoyed them, and they've never been as pretty as hers. So I understand about getting those bags of fruit and then still not being able to quite get the one that you wanted. But they will. They'll get them. It's the, that tells you the, the really best part about that is that it tells you they will grow in your area, and they're going to do well. You just have to get their their key. You know, you have to get the puzzle pieces working. Question on the text line: Knockout roses in Starkville. When to prune and uh, planted them last spring? Well, here's the thing. Um, there's there's two points about this. First of all, there are. I trust they're still there. Uh, there there have been planted many, many, many beautiful knockout roses across the campus in Starkville. I, I would certainly watch, and, and when they start pruning, I'd make sure I was pruning too. But the thing about knockout roses is they don't need the heavy pruning, for example, that some of our other shrub roses need. They are going to, if you cut them all the way back, we generally say you can cut down, for example, the fairy rose or any of our clotilde super, any of those that are the old roses that are, are yard roses, as my mother would call them, that you're not, you don't grow them for cut flowers, you grow them for flowers in the garden. If you are going to cut those back, we will oftentimes say cut them back by half or a little bit more than that because they need so much new growth each year. If you do that to a knockout rose, or really any of the modern improved roses, 
you're likely to get a whole lot of leaf and stem growth at the expense of more flowers. So, yes, you're going to prune them, and, again, you're going to take out one of any two that are rubbing on each other. You're going to take out anything that's crisscrossing your canopy that's, you know, growing sideways instead of up and around. And then you're going to do, yes, some pruning on the whole shrub, but don't take it down by more than about one quarter of its overall size for for a knockout rose. If it is not as big as you want it to be, take a little bit less because it is going to sprout and grow. But if it's getting established, as it would be if it's planted last year and just getting started this year, you've got a lot of growing time, and I think the knockouts will do beautifully. You just need to give them a little bit of attention, but don't prune too heavily. I have been uh, cutting down things and, uh, whoo-wee, a whole lot of compost at my place. <laughs> I'm still not cutting trees, shrubs, no evergreens, um, none of that yet. But I am starting to take down the perennials and, for example, the woody lantana that was scraping my car. So I had to go ahead and let that one, let that one go away. Oh, how interesting! Let me. I'm going to check that one out after the at the at the next break. Thank you, Amy. I'm gonna, I'm going to check that because I need to get up closer to the screen to read it. I love seeing the Chinese cabbage. I wanted to. I want to tell you something. Um, I had the good luck to be near. I was not part of the project, but near a Chinese cabbage variety trial back when it was becoming known as Napa cabbage. And that was a that was truly a marketing ploy because it sounded, you know, it's 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 great. It sounds wonderful. So there were a whole lot of different Chinese cabbages at that time. And we've pretty much gotten it down to maybe two or three varieties that we actually grow because they do so well. But I have just recently seen a very small head. It almost looks like. It, it almost looks like it shouldn't be a whole cabbage because these are very small-headed cabbages. And I think for people who garden in containers and I think for people who live alone or, or frankly, don't have as many people around that like vegetables, that would be me, um, these, growing these smaller ones makes a whole lot of sense. It might, for example, mean that you could put three cabbages in the pot where you would have put one. And then you'll be cutting them over a period of time that's longer than than you would get from just one great big cabbage. You'd have a longer time to enjoy it. I like that. I have been uh, letting you know about uh, the problem with the drainage in front of my house. When it rains overnight, People stall out, and they don't even know that they've hit the water until they hit it. (laughs) So it's not a particularly safe situation, and it is loud, and they honk at one another, and and it's really untoward for 1 o'clock in the morning. But the good news is that the muley grass that that had been planted by the contractors, the cities, the architects, whoever it was decided on that, um, has been sitting in water for days, and I'm hoping... Yes, I'm hoping it has demised. Now, I'd love to have this muley grass. There's plenty of places that it would be beautiful, but it just does not do the job that it needs to do in this particular space. So I'm thinking about, because I have a feeling it's going to be a long time before they actually come and fix this problem that they created, I have decided I'm going to go with dwarf cannas. They don't get to be but two and a half feet tall at the most, so they won't block the traffic. 
and they'll bloom and they can take being dry one season and soaking wet the next. They don't care. What do you think about that? Got another suggestion for me? Let me know. 888 That, of course, is the Super Talk call line. The C Spire text line is 601-879-4395. There are, uh, yeah, I'm going to start with question number two. Oh, my goodness, Corinne, you're so right. Um, I've been hearing from people all over that their blueberries are beginning to swell, especially if they're in full sun and in a, a well-drained location. They're they're starting to bud up. They're, they're getting ready to bloom. It's still January. So uh, mine are mine are swollen, but they've not tried to bloom yet. But my my blueberries are not in full tilt sun, so they're not as stimulated right now. They're living through a week of gray skies, so they're they're not going to bloom any any minute now. But for those who are, there's not anything that we can do. There used to be, or probably still is, a term called blackberry winter, which means a late 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 freeze after the blackberries have flowered, and therefore the the fruit gets frozen. I'm thinking we need to be looking at blueberry winter because there are quite a few people that are going to lose some blueberries or probably not all. Come on. It's, we grow a lot of blueberries here. But the the stimulation that they received, which is causing them to go into bloom so early, like so many other things, like tulip trees and, and plum trees and apple trees and all kinds of other things, really is a, an issue for us to, to be concerned about, um, especially since – well, there's never enough blueberries. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> She's right about it's it's too late. You don't want to prune them at all in the winter. Now, this is a home garden. For those of you who are professional blueberry growers, I know you're on a different schedule. But for those of us with home garden blueberries, we prune them after they fruit because we want them to grow through the summer and be able to take this winter that we've given them. Oh, my goodness. I love that. There's some other good questions here. We're going to, we're definitely going to be getting into them this morning. I like that. I'm going to go back and look at that other one. I'm going to invite you to call, to text, to get in on the conversation. And I will have things to tell you about that are actually going to make it a little better for human beings. I know we talk all the time about what makes it better for human beings, but these are things that are quite surprising. If you'd like to register, by all means, give yourself a chance to do that for February 6th with the Lakeland Lunch Bunch Garden Event 22 at gmail.com. Stick around now. This is Weekend Gardening. Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money, but they may do shoddy work, or in some cases, no work at all, costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go licensed. For more information, contact the Mississippi State Board of Contractors at msboc.us. 
You know that nowadays, most people go online to look at a business before they spend their money. But what if the online information about your business is incorrect, or even worse, not very flattering? If your online presence isn't great, you may be losing customers. Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital's trusted and highly trained team is the answer. We're ready to work with you to help your business capitalize on the power of digital marketing. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again. If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com. If recent hailstorms have invited lurk the leak into your home, call the experts at Watkins Construction and Roofing to find out what is lurking in your roof. Our rapid response roof team will be on top of your roof as soon as the next business day with a complimentary, honest assessment of your roof's condition and offer solutions to keep your home and family safe. Say goodbye, lurk the leak. Call Watkins Construction and Roofing today at 601-966-8233 or visit losetheleak.com. What do you have to lose but your leak? Saving cheer during the New Year's celebration sales event at Mazda of Jackson. 2023 is here, and it's finally time for you to get that new vehicle you've been waiting for. At Mazda of Jackson, we resolve to save you money on our entire selection and to give you the best dealer experience. Period. Right now, get super low 2.9% financing for 60 months on new 2023 Mazda CX-9s and 3.9% financing for 60 months on new 2023 Mazda CX-5s. Buy a new Mazda, and Mazda of Jackson will take care of your first year's maintenance at no cost to you. Mazdaofjackson.com. Plus, buy with confidence with a 20-year, 250,000-mile powertrain warranty. Our credit specialists work hard to get you approved, no matter your past credit history. 100% credit approval is our number one goal. And bring us your trade. We'll buy it, even if you don't buy a new one from us. So come say big during the New Year's celebration sales event at Mazda Jackson, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. Our state-of-the-art facility is located at 5397 I-55 Frontage Road North in Jackson. Call 991-2222 today. MazdaJackson.com. With blue credit, select one. See for details. Do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of Dream Home AC Systems. <laughs> Are you feeling it? <sighs> The new degree of comfort. Do you have an invention idea but don't know what to do next? Call InventHelp today. We have representatives nationwide who will explain the InventHelp process step by step. Over 10,000 patents have been secured through InventHelp's patent referral services. The InventHelp data bank includes thousands of companies who have agreed to review new ideas. We've been helping inventors since 1984. Let's help you next. Get started today. Call 1-800-217-4380. That's 1-800-217-4380. Again, 1-800-217-4380. Good question on our text line this morning about 
a cactus that you have seen but probably don't know. Um, probably because it has like a six-syllable name, but it is the it's the it's the blocky cactus with a lot of spines on it, and sometimes you will see other things grafted onto it, and then you'll see it bloom, and it's really amazing. But there, it's a, it's one that is grafted from time to time, but it's called um, Gymnocalisium, which always has sounded to me like Lando Calrissian. But anyway, that's another it's too much Star Wars today. Anyway, the question is, Amy. Thank you, Amy, for listening. I appreciate that. She says that her friend has told her to bring the cactus indoors at night and then bring it back outside. If you have a regular routine, that's certainly fine. In other words, if you come in every afternoon at the same time, pick it up and bring it inside with you, get up the next morning to go to work, take it outside, that's fine, as long as the weather's not freezing. But, yes, it can, in fact, grow indoors in the indoor garden all the time. No problem. No problem at all. And this is a really good question from Corinne. It's basically how rot is rot. Okay, that's our, that's where we what we're, where we're getting to this morning. She makes um, she takes kitchen scraps and puts them into yogurt containers and lets them begin to break down and then puts them in the compost. It's a really smart way to do those, but they're not completely gone. They're not going. You know, they haven't completely decomposed yet. So she's wondering if she can put them into the barrels that she grows food in, and will they continue to decompose successfully? Yes, they're not going to be getting much going right now. The weather is too cold. But, yes, you could work in. I wouldn't, in in a regular half whiskey barrel, I probably wouldn't put three containers of not quite decomposed stuff because if we put in things, too much stuff that's not already decomposed, then as soon as you begin fertilizing and trying to get the plants to grow, that material will take nutrients away from the ones you're actually in search of. But, yes, to bury it deep into that container, no problem, just like you would do if you were burying it into a compost pile. I don't, I don't have any problem with that. I think that's neat. Um, oh, good question here. That's pretty. I like that. This is from Papa D. We, we have... Flower beds in need of tulips. If you've got tulip bulbs, plant them today. If you've got daffodil bulbs, plant them today. If you have anemone, ranunculus, any of the early spring blooming bulbs, they're going to do better in a container or in your garden than they're going to do in your refrigerator or in the back seat of your car. Okay, so it, that they can't grow if they don't if they can't grow. I have a flat full of daffodils right now that I just found. That still that doesn't have quite enough dirt on it, and they've already sprouted, so they're going to get into the group with the others. I actually have the first daffodil bud um, from my old collection. It's getting ready to pop open. I hope before the weather turns on me again. <laughs> but that if you've got the if you got them, plant them. Tulips and all those babies. Um, for instance, flowering allium. You might run into a sale on those. You might run into a sale on Dutch iris. Now's the time because those things are all going to bloom in the early part of the spring. Okay? Okay. I really think there's a lot to talk about in the garden all the time. But as we often say here, it's surprising. when you When you bring plants in the house, it's amazing how many hours you spend either looking at them or 
frankly, just trying to see what's going on with them. Did I water these yesterday? You know, have I done this over here? So I wanted the chance to just go through with you the way to water, because the way to water does not change. It's the when that changes. If you have a really large container in the house, you're going to water it very much less often than if you have a four-inch pot with a fern in it, for example. But the the main rate of water is to understand that when you have potted the plants and you've got left that little bit of headspace between the top of the dirt and the top of the pot, you're in the perfect position to water. But you've also got to be be mindful of the bottom of the container. You want water to go all the way through the pot and out the bottom. This provides the exchange of air that we need, all the gases that are in the soil, and it also flushes out what we don't need, okay? There's a couple of ways to do this. You can certainly let it run into a saucer, but then you have to empty the saucer. You can certainly do... um, People use turkey basters. People literally take all the houseplants, put them in the bathtub, water them, let them drain out, and then put them back on their saucers in the rest of the house. However you want to do that is going to work just fine. But the question for you is, when do you do it? And it really does depend on the plant itself. So part of what we're going to be doing, talking at at Lakeland Yard and Garden in Flowood on Monday with the Lakeland Lunch Bunch, is to talk about which ones need more water and which ones need less. About the first about the first lesson I learned in container gardening culture was that more plants die from overwatering in containers than ever die from any pest. And over the, the term of my career, I can tell you that that's true. I've done it myself. Oh, goodness. But our habit is to come in and just water everything. And maybe not everything needs watering every time. One of the other things that you need to know about, if you don't already, is a water breaker. Um, the, the thing that the, you might see it on a watering can, it looks like a rosette at the end, or it might be a device that you attach to the end of your hose so that you're 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 breaking the water as it comes out. In using a watering can or an indoor roll-around, you know, watering hose facility, you've got to make sure the water breaks. We don't want a steady stream of water, whether it's out of a watering can, unless it's a very small one for a very small pot. We don't want that water to just go straight through one part. We want it to get over the surface of the soil. So it's very important to be smart when you do that. Slowly, steadily, I know this goes against everything because you're in a hurry to get out of the house, but slowly and steadily is the way to apply water. It's really important. You don't wash out the soil. You you don't overwhelm the the, the container, and you also don't have the, the soil washing up so that the roots get exposed. It's another reason to water the container all the way through so that you're not encouraging the roots to come out the top. You're getting them the water that they need in the bottom of the pot. It's also real important um, to occasionally water the leaves themselves, rinse them off, maybe get a spray bottle, keep them clean. That helps a whole lot. That's another reason why people put them all into the, um, the, the bathtub and then turn on the shower. So there's a lot of things to watering that make sense, but it's mainly to do it and only do it when the plant needs it. And I can help you figure out when this plant or that plant needs it because that's what we do here 
You know, we talk about this plant and that plant. We talk about all kinds of other stuff. Oh, that's nice, Papa D. That's very nice. I do love a porch. Anyway. (laughs) It's true, though. We have, I was reading an article this week about why porches are making a comeback, and which I could never figure out why they left in the first place. But there are fairly valid architectural reasons for it in terms of the expense of producing the porch. But it also has to do with what people began to do. People began to stay indoors and watch television, or in this case, watch screens and whatnot, which is why we've now turned around and put the televisions out in the outdoor kitchen. Have you ever noticed how those things kind of go back and forth? Me, I like a good fire pit and the music from the yard next door. Okay, that's about perfect for me. I don't know what, you know, yeah, 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 it's crazy mama. That's part of my reputation, too. I get that. I do love a really nice air plant. For those of you who follow me on social media, you've seen a couple of beautiful ones today that I had the chance to look at this week. I think we're overlooking that. We should have air plants on every shelf, shouldn't we? Come on now. You know you need more. Stick around. We'll be back with more Weekend Gardening. Every week. Call 1-800. Welcome back. We're talking to Bob and his wife, Jenny, about doghouse living. Well, it's okay. Ours is a two-story doghouse, and on the bright side, it's a great alternative for today's high-priced homes. Really? Try having your feet hang out all winter. Well, my daddy always said, put your best foot forward. Folks, stay out of the doghouse by calling 811-BEFORE-YOU-DIG. Let's make our goal zero damages, zero injuries. You know that nowadays, most people go online to look at a business before they spend their money. Do you have an old, outdated website or just a Facebook page and still not bringing in customers? Targeted digital advertising from Supertalk Mississippi Media Digital's highly trained and trusted staff is the answer. We're ready to work with you to help your business capitalize on the power of digital marketing. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today. ESISupply.net. It's not if you're going to have a spill at your business or workplace, it's when. ESISupply.net. Exorbent pads by the bundle or roll. ESISupply.net. Socknet Boom Products, Oil Gator, Oil Dry, Spill Kits, and much more. ESISupply.net. Take it from Scary Gary. If it can spill, it's gonna. ESI Supply, 601-933-4910. That's 601-933-4910 or online at ESISupply.net. Be honest. If you had to choose between your phone or your boyfriend, which would you give up? Okay. Now that he's gone, start using your phone to pay at checkout instead of swiping. With the Citizens Bank's new mobile pay, add your debit card to your phone's mobile wallet and pay with a touch. Who knew your phone was great with money? You made the right choice. Start using mobile pay from the Citizens Bank today. In your corner, member FDIC. You're listening to WFMN Flora Jackson, Super Talk Mississippi, powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090. I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. 
In December, the Public Employees Retirement System Board of Trustees voted to increase the employer contribution rate to 22.4%. Former State Insurance Commissioner George Dale, who sits on the board, discussed their efforts to keep the plan properly funded. Like your your personal finances, uh, if you've checked them lately, they've not done too yeah. good in the last few months, uh, as ours hadn't. Uh, and that's the same thing with, pub, with, with pensions. And whenever it goes down and dips, uh, well, then who's going to make up that difference? And He thinks they should get together with state legislators to discuss the future of the program toward the end of the current session. But it's hard to get too excited uh, about uh, the retirement system when you know there's uh, an, uh, over $30 billion uh, in, in reserve. This is professional ball player and former Mississippi State Bulldog, Jake Mangum. When you're a part of a team, every player has to pull their weight and support one another. Farm Bureau does exactly that. Their team ensures I've got competitive rates and exceptional customer service to support them. If you aren't already on the team, it's time to join Farm Bureau. Visit favrates.com for great rates on home and auto insurance. Or find a local agent at msfbins.com. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. Hello, I'm Colonel Randy Ginn, Director of the Mississippi Highway Patrol. In 2021, MHP investigated 1,480 crashes involving commercial motor vehicles on Mississippi roadways. Many of those crashes could have been avoided. The MHP Motor Carrier Safety Division is partnering with big rig truckers to conduct safety checks across our state through the Troopers and Truckers Safety Initiative. The Department of Public Safety and the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration are working together with one common goal, to keep our highways safe for everyone. Thank you and drive safe. 911 operators across our state are being trained in giving instructions on how to do CPR over the phone thanks to a new policy known as telecommunicator CPR. Catherine Sullivan, Government Relations Director for the Mississippi Heart Association, says the policy aims to help those experiencing cardiac arrest out of the hospital. And so what telephone CPR does is guarantees that there's a standard of training for all telecommunicators. So when you call 911 and you are a bystander for somebody who's had an out-of-hospital cardiac arrest, that that telecommunicator on the phone is able to walk you through verbal CPR instructions over the phone so that you can actually help save you know your loved one or a stranger's life. Telling someone how to do this over the phone is difficult. How do you calm them down? How do you get them to take action? Um, it's not the same. And so it's really about um, the training piece behind um, the policy. With Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. Basketball action today finds the SEC taking on the Big 12 Challenge. Number 11 TCU is at Mississippi State this afternoon. 3 o'clock tip in the Humphrey Coliseum. 2.30 is the airtime on the MSU Basketball Network. Ole Miss is at Oklahoma State in the SEC Big 12 Challenge. 7 o'clock tip off there. 6.30 airtime on the Ole Miss Basketball Network tonight. Other SEC Big 12 matchups today. Auburn is at West Virginia. Texas Tech at LSU. Number two, Alabama at Oklahoma. Iowa State at Missouri. Arkansas is at Baylor. Texas is at Tennessee. Florida at Kansas State. Kansas is at Kentucky. Two regular SEC matchups, South Carolina at Georgia. Vanderbilt at Texas A&M. Southern Miss Golden Eagles will finish off their homestand today against Texas State. Two o'clock tip-off for the Red Green Coliseum. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi.
Hello, I'm Colonel Randy Ginn, Director of the Mississippi Highway Patrol. In 2021, MHP investigated 1,480 crashes involving commercial motor vehicles on Mississippi roadways. Many of those crashes could have been avoided. The MHP Motor Carrier Safety Division is partnering with big rig truckers to conduct safety checks across our state through the Troopers and Truckers Safety Initiative. The Department of Public Safety and the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration are working together with one common goal, to keep our highways safe for everyone. Thank you and drive safe. You know that nowadays, most people go online to look at a business before they spend their money. A lot of businesses are losing opportunities to get new customers if they're not online. With the power of Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital, you can reach potential customers and get more referral and repeat business. The highly trained and trusted team at Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital is ready to work with you to help your business capitalize on the power of digital marketing. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today. We have reached Championship Sunday in the NFL playoffs. Tomorrow, the NFC Championship game, the San Francisco 49ers at Philadelphia to play the Eagles. That's a 2 o'clock kick in the NFC Championship game tomorrow in Philadelphia. The AFC Championship game tomorrow is at Kansas City where the Cincinnati Bengals will take on the Kansas City Chiefs as a 5.30 kick in Kansas City tomorrow evening for the AFC Championship game. The winners of the NFC-AFC Championship games tomorrow will decide who goes to Super Bowl 57, which will be Sunday, February the 12th, out in Glendale, Arizona. Could be the 49ers and the Chiefs. Could be the Eagles and the Bengals. Could be the 49ers and the Bengals. Could be the Eagles and the Chiefs. Who knows? We'll find out after tomorrow's game. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mama's on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Welcome to Weekend Gardening. This is the uh, first time I've looked at my new glasses in the camera. That's not bad. You never know. You change your frames and suddenly your face looks different. So you have to check it out and look at it. You have the, you know, the Warby Parker I keep seeing these advertisements, you know, of the the you just put everybody the needs on. round blue glasses. Man, no, they, they we don't. All need round blue glasses. <laughs> but they got that app now. You just go and they that's throw, right. Yeah, that's amazing. Exactly, and, exactly. That's the one that will tell me every time, no matter how badly I want tortoise shell frames, that I look like somebody drew circles on my face when I put that on. <laughs> just happens. My whole life, I have wanted those, and they really don't look well. It's on just me. not you. You don't think. No. You know, have you ever? I mean, you say that, you know, but have you had a, a second opinion? Oh, yeah. You, people you, laugh. Okay. Yeah. Oh, They're yeah. like, no, 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 Nellie, yeah, you can't do that. No, don't do that. I'm I'm not the palest person you've ever seen in your life, but I do. I am related to them. Right. <laughs> so we, you start with tortoise shell and you think that's really a beautiful thing, but... You know, it clashes. It it it's it just you, you don't see anything but the glasses, and so it looks like somebody drew something on your face. Now, I will admit 
the other thing about the blue frames from Warby Parker makes me, I couldn't get them because it makes me think of 1984 and the Liz Claiborne glasses that were as big as your head. And they were blue. They were, this is the Sally Jesse Raphael years when she wore the red ones. And then they came along with the blue ones. I had the blue ones. Yeah, I, those, those, Hope I there's remember. No pictures. I remember them so well. I'll, I'll watch, I, and I hate, I'll kind of, I hate to say this because my girlfriend, she gets on to me about admitting this, but I watch a lot of Lifetime, you know, mystery <laughs> movies and they're great. That's you know, okay. yeah. I mean, I admit That's it. Okay. I'm in touch with my feminine side, you know. And but they, oh, you, the the good ones, you know, you get they they their um, the costuming is so well done because sure. they they throw in the old glasses and then there's several of the old, you know, you look on Oxygen too, another great channel. If you're you know mysteries and stuff, but th- there's a couple lately I've been watching and it does throw back to the 70s and 80s a lot. And all of the ladies had the gigantic huge glasses. glasses, yeah. Yep. And you had the feathered hair to go with it. All of that, yeah. All but of it, that. It's Shoulder else. pads out yes. to here, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. bring them Pe- back. Huh? People, no. people that are that are built like me didn't need those shoulder pads. It was really an unfortunate. Thing. You just did, just didn't wear them. Huh? Sometimes we didn't, but sometimes the jacket was cut so that you you could the jacket would just look weird if you didn't have that other extra thing. That that's why Project Runway got to be so popular, so somebody could learn how to actually put these designs together yes with this right welcome in this is nancy sewing out no it's not (laughs) this this is weekend gardening for a winter morning when lance is now going to be the voice of three callers now for those of you who have had me tell you over the years you got to talk Lance is giving everybody dispensation today, so he's going to be all these people that, well, and, that have and called us. They're the awesome, I mean, you have the greatest callers, too, and I want to apologize because there was like three calls that came in at one time, and I have two hands, and uh, so we, we got them, and they were right before break. It's always the way it works, too. Of you, course it is. But, uh, Jim, they're testing you. Yeah, but Jim and Laurel, he had uh, some unwanted Easter lilies. He said they were growing and looking terrible. And Jim's like, man, I'm sitting here, you know, in my truck, got my coffee, and I, you know, and then we were going That's, to break. Wonder so how they look terrible. He said they look, they just don't look good. And he was wanting to get rid of them, and he was curious if he could just mow them, or does he need to go in? And it's about a twelve by four plot where they are. Does he need to? Can he mow them and get rid of them, or can he? Does he need to pull them? Oh, I'd mow them. Okay, sure. And then they're going to sprout, and then you can mow them again. Mm-hmm. There's a certain for an area that's that large. Um, and if you actually, if there's a large area of any sort of thing like this, that, that it doesn't matter what's growing underneath it, these are taking over and they're not a good plant for that space. I realize there are people who are now gasping that, that I would say this, but we call this continued rep- repetitive weeding. And yes, you can do it with a lawnmower because <laughs> eventually they just give up. <laughs> or someone else comes over and says, Look at those little sprouted Easter lilies. Those are great. Can I dig them up? And you say, sure, and they take them. So that's, that works out. And I hope, Mr. Jim, I hope that was the answer you were looking for mowing. I think that was what he was wanting he to was do. He was hoping to yeah, mow. He was looking to mow it. And then, then we move on to Mike from Houston. And basically, he has some uh, you know, red cypress. He was curious when to plant for the hummingbirds. and Oh, uh, red cypress vines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they're going to come up on their own wherever they were growing before, so all you have to do is watch for them. But if you have some seeds that you've collected or purchased and you want to start them, I don't I don't see any reason not to start them in February because no matter where you are in our state, you're going to want to get them in the ground in March. And you could probably direct seed them in March if you were in Hattiesburg. 
and he was in Houston, so mm-hmm. a little north of us, mm-hmm. and a beautiful town. I love Houston. Oh, yeah. It's such a pretty place. I'm, I'm going to suggest, because they do grow quickly, that you not start them before February. <laughs> they'll grow out. You know, they'll be growing up your kitchen or wherever you've got the seedlings. So, And then we'll move on to Miss Sue in Columbus, and she had a Thanksgiving cactus. has quite a few of them, but she also had an Easter cactus that had a seed pod. It dropped, and um, it fell off, you know, opened up and mm-hmm. after it, it dried and had a bunch of beautiful little seeds in there and she decided to plant that and uh said it didn't do anything she goes didn't what you know maybe she if she has another pod that pops off again mm-hmm. what would be a, the right way she thought she had done it right she said maybe did i put a little too much dirt on them but she left them pretty much on the top yeah and, pressing uh, them into a damp sand or damp soil is the way to go it may be that they just were a little past viable if they were actually completely brown and crisped up, that may have been a little bit on the late side. Okay, Get, I think them, that was where we were. Grab them a little bit sooner with the next one. I've only had a couple of seed pods form, and they frankly just burst and came up in the pot. So I'm I'm not sure. I do know that it takes a couple of weeks for them to germinate, at least. And, and that's, there's not a whole lot that I know about starting them from seed, except that it does take that long, and they will bloom the first year. <laughs> so that's... <laughs> That's really not great advice, but I think it's it's pretty good advice. Jackie's in Brandon. Do we wait to spring to see if sweet olive shrubs come back, or do we prune it all then? Yes, we are waiting not till spring, but standing in my front window, staring at my sweet olive yesterday, said, okay, wait just a little while. We want to wait until the time that we would have pruned them anyway, which in the case of sweet olive in Zone 8 is mid-February right before the new growth is going to start because oftentimes sweet olive will bloom in february okay i don't think they're going to they they may try this year but they're still going to need to be pruned to shape a little bit and certainly to take out whatever doesn't leaf out later on but at this at this point i don't want to start the pruning for another few weeks in trees and shrubs if we've got perennials if you've got ornamental grasses if you've got fruit trees Go right ahead. Or if, like one friend of mine, your flowering cherry, which is not one that makes fruit, but your flowering cherry is already blooming, and she would like to cut some of those branches to bring in and put in the vase, well, of course, go ahead. That's This is the time to do that. Let's see. Um, Papa D wants to know about what else to put with those tulips. The good news is that no matter where you are, the, in February, the garden center, and they may, and some of them have them right now, but the garden centers will begin putting in annuals, at least some of the cool season things like diasha and snapdragons and petunias, pansies, you know, the things that people are expecting to have to replant are also coming along because they, they may have gotten wiped out in that December weather. So my advice is to get to the garden center, talk to them about what's now there and what's coming in soon, and make some room and get yourself some annual flowers going. That will be gorgeous in March and early April, and maybe even a little later if the weather's pleasant, but otherwise you'll be ready to put in the summer colors and have them enjoy your company when it gets to be that weather. I have uh, been looking at... Oh, my goodness, sweet olives. I just keep thinking about my sweet olive. Anyway, um, I would like to ask you if we are talking too much about the things that we should be doing. I find that the physical activity portion of the research that is coming across my desk is pretty intense lately. 
And if we did it all, maybe we would be healthier and happier and live longer and all these kinds of things. But how many things can you remember? I like the getting up every half hour for five minutes and walking around. I I find that one to be very doable and very smart. I like this, though. How do I measure moderate to vigorous physical activity? Come on. University of California, San Diego, wants me to know that senior women, that would be me, were less likely to develop those cognitive impairments that we all have a little bit of if they did more daily walking and moderate to vigorous physical activity. Well, okay, I'm going to get up and walk every five minutes every 30 minutes, so that takes care of the walking. But what what level is actually moderate to vigorous? I think people's opinions differ on that. I would like to see a study that actually tells me what they did. And sometimes it's stuff that I'll do, and sometimes it's stuff that I'm not going to do. Chances of me doing jumping jacks are pretty slim, but... Yoga stretches and uh, you know other kind of other forms of vigorous physical activity, maybe so, maybe I, so. I will say uh, I was taught a, a a yoga pose, and I'm not quite sure what the name of it is. I've tried to find it, and it's not like downward dog or one of the simple ones. It's kind of like you get in a skier position, and I mean like downhill skier, and you take your left side of your chin and you try to put it on the right side of your knee. And same, you know, flip it over. So oh, come it, on. I need the video. Yeah, I've never been able to find it, but she taught me to stretch because I was having lower back issues. I was an old athlete. It's, it and, sounds like some of the lower back work that you'll man, see people it, it, do. But, man, it saved me. And I don't yeah. know if anyone out, any gardeners out can there. Can anybody that, name this? Yeah. Please tell me where I can find the name of that stretch because it is a lifesaver. And I've, tried, I've illustrated it to many people and say, hey, just do this mm-hmm, regularly mm-hmm. every day. And it is a little bit of a workout when you're sore, but once you get loosened up, it makes all the difference in the world. So if you have that sciatic nerve or that lower back issue, it has saved me, and I I will swear by it. So if anybody knows what I'm talking about. We're not going to post the video today, (laughs) but trust me, we're going to work on this one. we got to see this. This is good. This is very good. Now, I've got got another – well, this one's not as much physical, but it is something that that physicality makes a difference in. There's a – there's a brand new opportunity for a scan that's a CT scan, but it's different, okay? And it actually is going to measure your hormones in a particular way that explains where high blood pressure comes from. Sign me up, okay? Because vigorous activity and, and, and weight control and all those things help. But I come from a long line of people, both skinny, average, and fat, all of whom have high blood pressure. And there is a supposedly a, a certain genetic link to that. So publishing in Nature Medicine, this is Cambridge University Hospital, Gies and St. Thomas, Universities of Glasgow and Birmingham, National Institutes of Health in the U.K. These are, this is a big problem. They want everybody to work on it because if they can detect it, and cure it at the earliest point, obviously high blood pressure contributes to so many other problems. Um, it, it, it is indeed, there, there are ways that are much more difficult to measure this, which are not as productive as this new way that they have come about. 99% availability, because the previously it was, 90, it was only 1% of people that could get the test. So now that they've got a new test that's better and smarter, I say, come on, let's let's do it. 
Now, speaking of the things that high blood pressure relates to, we've now got a new wearable sensor that is going to use ultrasound. We're not only going to have a CAT scan for high blood pressure understanding, we've now got a, a, a little tiny, little tiny, little bitty ultrasound, the size of a postage stamp. And this is basically a 24-hour device that you can, yes, wear during strenuous exercise, but also to monitor you from a baseline all the way up to that. And it makes tremendous sense. This is one of those marriages between engineers and physicians. The physicians say, we want to know how to monitor this so that the person doesn't get in trouble. They know when things are going sideways on them. And the engineers are the ones that come in to solve the problem. And it's a really, really smart um, way of making this ultrasound that has only been available at a very pricey point, as we say, and now is having an opportunity to be spent out, sp- spent out to a larger population. I like that. Really, really smart. I, there, there's yes, all kind of things that are measured. It reminds me of the shock the joy, and the incredible, wow, what is that, that happened when transistors were invented and then when chips were invented. This is going to be that big. This is going to make that much difference because these are the things, these are the issues that we need to know more about and the ones that, frankly, we, we <laughs> they're now starting to be books about the end of the baby boom, all right? So that tells you how many people there are that are, not so young anymore, have all these health problems, and frankly, a whole lot of of other issues that the next generations have to deal with. Well, this is one of them. Here's one, though, that is just a, a basic, this is a discovery level one. Those are practical applications. But the University of Rochester Medical Center has been working on this particular issue, trying to understand how does the brain do that? Okay. How does the brain work? How does it repair itself? How do, how is it damaged? All these issues are things that obviously we as human beings want to know because, well, you know, it's our computer. We need to know how these things work. But publishing this week in Science, last week, I'm sorry, in January, the, in the month, the monthly journal Science. I love this. It's a previously unknown component of your brain anatomy. How do they find anything new? Well, they did, and it is both a protective barrier to protect other parts of your brain from problems, but it, and it is also the one where the monitor lives that goes about to look for the problems that your brain might develop that can come from infection, inflammation, those sorts of things. Do you understand if we could put that postage stamp thing on this particular method, of this particular measure, we would know so much more about ourselves, and that's how technologies come to be. Somebody invents something, they use it for one thing, and then the next thing you know, somebody's made a discovery that we can turn about and put it all together on. I've been looking at many of these same sorts of things going on in the plant world and in the garden world. This wintertime is when horticulture people in that the professional realm, because they're smart, go to shows in the southern parts of the country to have a chance to get warm weather, go to tropical plant industry exposition in, in Florida, go to greenhouse greenhouse exchange um, programs in Alabama, 
And they have come back with some interesting plants. I'm looking forward to the spring. I think we're going to learn a lot. I think there's a lot going on. My goodness, is it already this time? That must be why this song is called Time is Tight. Stick around. This is Weekend Gardening. Every week. Call 1-800. Welcome back. We're talking to Bob and his wife, Jenny, about doghouse living. Well, it's okay. Ours is a two-story doghouse, and on the bright side, it's a great alternative for today's high-priced homes. Really? Try having your feet hang out all winter. Well, my daddy always said, put your best foot forward. Folks, stay out of the doghouse by calling 811-BEFORE-YOU-DIG. Let's make our goal zero damages, zero injuries. This is professional ball player and former Mississippi State Bulldog, Jake Mangum. As someone who spends a lot of time between Mississippi and New York, I can tell you firsthand how great new things can be. That's why the new auto and life insurance discount from Farm Bureau is so great. It's a new thing from the company that's been setting roots in Mississippi for over 75 years. Visit favrates.com for great rates on home and auto insurance. Or find a local agent at msfbins.com. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. Hey, I'm here with Alex Murray of Auto Innovation. At Auto Innovation, we want to change your car buying experience. When you're in the market for a quality pre-owned vehicle, please come see us. We want to make friends, not just customers. All eligible vehicles are inspected by a Master Tech mechanic and come with a limited powertrain warranty on us. We are located on Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Come by and see us or check out our inventory online at autoinnovation.net. Let us change your car buying experience. Auto Innovation, Highway 51 in Ridgeland. I'll second guest dinners with friends because they can be interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon, pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickening of your bowel wall. If you're allergic to pork or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints, call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI and visit creoninfo.com or call 800-633-9110 to learn more. That's C-R-E-O-N-Info.com. Research shows moving is one of life's most stressful events. But thanks to two men in a truck, Ridgeland, it doesn't have to be. We have everything you need. A professional team who will customize your move, a schedule to fit your convenience Monday through Saturday, and all of the necessary moving supplies, including free padding and stretch wraps to protect your belongings. Don't stress. Let two men in a truck handle your home or business moving needs. Visit twomininatruck.com for a free, no-obligation estimate. 
confession, I'm a hopeless romantic, and I love a deal. I just went to Kohl's and earned Kohl's cash, plus got an extra 15% off already great deals, like 60% off a necklace for my mom and 40% off PJs for my daughter. Not to mention, I found myself a fragrance set from Sephora at Kohl's for less than $50. With more gifts and more savings, what's not to love? Select styles. Offers end January 29th. Sephora, coupons, and Kohl's cash do not apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details. If you're looking to get a new car, you could really cut expenses by bundling your car and renter's insurance with Progressive. Sure, you love your old car, but you know it's not normal to give instructions on how to open the window. It should be self-explanatory, but it's not. And notice how when you're in other people's cars, you can feel cushion in the seats? That's pretty nice, right? No, it's just normal. So bundle your renters and car insurance with Progressive and put the savings toward a new car. It's time. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. watch a nature program and have to leave the room because it got grisly well i have to look away a lot and i gotta tell you i'm fascinated by this story but it has a tremendously sad evil almost twist to it which is unusual for science stories the university of nebraska lincoln is letting us know about Crocodile hemoglobins. Bring that to the dinner table tonight. What? Yes, that's right. Did you know that hemoglobins are, in fact, the scuba tanks of the blood? Well, I've never heard that expression before, but I understand why it would be used that way. It's it's how we keep the oxygen going, okay? And the way that they explain this and why they were interested is, yes, in fact, because it, it, it can be hours and hours and hours and hours that crocodiles can be underneath the water because they have a wonderful capacity in their hemoglobin to not need to come to the surface. That also means that when the impala comes, th- frankly, tripping lightly through the area looking for some water, it's lunch. And this is a very sad situation if you, like I, think impalas are absolutely beautiful. But I get why the crocodile has developed this. Whereas, for example, the prey, the, in this case the impala, can go 50 miles an hour or more, the crocodile's kind of got to stay where it is and just wait for the opportunity. The crocodile can't jump. The impala can go 30 feet, okay, which is certainly better than you or me, but they're, they're, it still makes them, it probably gives them a certain sense of invulnerability, which they shouldn't have, because then there's the crocodile. But these are these are nanoscopic scuba tanks. I love that. That is so not what this is. But anyway, these are the hemoglobins in their bloodstream that unload the oxygen from the lungs to the tissues at a very slow but steady clip that allows it to be underwater all that time. The picture in my head is sad. But what an amazing thing. I mean, something's got to... I'm always fascinated by things like Navy SEAL training, 
where people can actually stay underwater for longer than they should be able to <laughs> because they're taught to do that. But I wonder if they have higher levels of hemoglobin after the training. You would think that something's Somebody's up there. Somebody's going to have yeah. to tell us. <laughs> and speaking of crocodiles, if anybody uh, – and I'm not on Twitter much, but it, there was this really cool, you know, nature – They all say that, you know. They don't watch television. Either. Right. Well, you have this you have this crocodile that was obviously using his hemoglobin scuba tanks just hanging out. And and then these huge water buffaloes, you know, they're sitting around this, this watering hole. And all of a sudden, the crocodile jumps up, you know, kind of out of the water in the shallows and grabs the water buffalo by the snoot. Oh, my goodness. So the water buffalo is sitting there. Pretty whining, surprised. And there's four or five <laughs> other big water buffaloes. And instead of, you know, throwing a fit, it goes ah, ah, a few times and then starts backing up like it's a winch. And he pulls a several thousand pound crocodile out of the water, pulls him 30 or 40 feet. And, and the crocodile is ho- hooked on his snoot. And then there's three Ouch. Or, three or four other water buffaloes just looking at him, and then they do the little rearing up thing. And then finally the crocodile lets go and goes back. And But that, I mean, it's amazing. They were not a lot of help. They were going to no, intimidate, yeah. but they were not going to really, you know, <laughs> come you, to his rescue. It was one of those, I almost turned it off thinking that this was about to get gory. But, it, you know, it was like, wow, you know, that that That's is funny. something else. So if you see that one, pay attention, because it's really unique video. I'm, I'm likely to now that you've told me, but I, I have to tell you, that encounters in the wild are I, I i grew up in the woods so i've seen as many as i needed to i think all right let's see hey tim my two camellias have lost foliage yep mine too might it have been due to the recent deep freeze yep and they very very well might be saved we are going to see late buds and we're also going to see some places where even as things begin to sprout just a little bit in the next several weeks, the tip of that branch is not going to come back. And those are the things that we will end up pruning off, just as if we were pruning after flowering. So in the case of camellias, I don't believe they're dead, and I'm hopeful that yours are not either. So I've got a couple that I'm waiting to see. But because the damage to them started halfway down the leaf, and it hasn't proceeded, and I haven't gone in there and pruned it, so I haven't made it more vulnerable, I believe that they're going to be okay. They're just going to take a, they're going to have a setback, certainly, but I believe that they're going to be okay. Well, and I was going to, I did a little digging for you on the number of bees, and we were pretty close. I mean, I think you said nine or ten, but we have ten species that live in Mississippi, and there's around 47, uh, I think exactly 47 different species that live throughout the United States, but ten reside here. Well, that's good. I was going to say 50 and nine here, so that's so not right, too bad. Right I wasn't too it. far off. You know, the thing is that, once we start paying attention to the need for pollinators, once we start paying serious attention to our food source and to the fact that we want it to continue to be our food sources, that we need – there's a large number. It's more than 90 percent. I don't know if it's 92 or 94, but there's a large percentage of the things that we eat that have to be pollinated in order for the seed to be produced, in order for us to be able to eat them. And without a pollinating insect or mammal or whatever the pollinator is, uh, might be, you know, there's there's a few choices. But with, with, if, it's not, if it doesn't happen, then that's not going to be productive for us. That is, in fact, why we ended up with trailer trucks full of bees going to the almond forests, well, the almond forests, the almond farms in California. There were not enough bees to pollinate all of the almonds. 
at the time that the almonds either have to be pollinated or they're not going to make nuts. I didn't have any idea that there was such thing as a squash bee, and yeah. they depend on the you know uh, the yeah. pollen from the squash family. Yeah. To, I, I had no idea. And aren't we lucky? Yeah, I mean, amazing. <laughs> they're the best little engineers. Other than, I mean, if you find a good use for a beaver, you know, they're the best little engineers on the planet. Other than no, a bee, don't, don't 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 be talking bad about my friends, the beavers. I I am. I love them. I have hardly any, and I know they're just a mess when they when they're making their dam, and it's your water, your property. You're trying to get along with them. I know that's very difficult. I'm not making light of it, but I have to tell you, having lived near where there were beavers working at one point in my life, their industry is astounding, mm-hmm. and I'm I, I, I'm so impressed. I, and yes, my favorite cartoon is the Angry Beavers. So. I'm gonna have to look that one up. But no, I mean, being somebody that's in the outside and outdoors a lot, I, I've come across the beaver a mm-hmm. good bit, and they're mm-hmm. fascinating creatures. And uh, not to be confused with a northern otter, which you know they're around and beautiful and endangered. But uh, the beaver, man, I mean, they are the workingest things. And I'm a duck hunter, so you know, I'm, I'm actually they're my partners. I love those. <laughs> yeah, I just got to find help out. You out. <laughs> I got to find out how to push them in the right direction. Sometimes, well, and sometimes that's the case. the The premise of Angry Beavers is that. That they're angry because their parents have their beautiful home and they've made them go out and make their own. So it's kind of an overlay into a larger culture. And I, I probably only like it because none of my kids want to live at home. <laughs> so if they did, I might not feel so great about it. I've been fascinated by this whole kelp farm business. I don't know... I just don't know. I, I think we've got a future in this, and I really do believe that we need to pay more attention. Farmed kelp is a thing. It's a big thing. And it's not only it, – it can actually reduce the marine pollution along the coast because that's where you put these farms – but it works in, on the carbon and nitrogen levels because the mixed species kelp farms use everything. They're very efficient things, kelps. And this is a really South Central and Southeast Alaska have been producing this, and, and people have been increasing the size of the kelp farms there because we aquaculture journal. You know, we need to re, we need to understand more about how to use our water resources to produce. It, everything like water filtering and then food sources and then carbon sequestration and all of the things that we're interested in have, having happen, kelp is really much better at mitigating excessive nitrogen. And, of course, for those of us who are concerned about things like the dead zones in the Gulf of Mexico and off other bodies of water, then that's a big deal. That's a wonderful thing for them to be able to do. So maybe it's... One, maybe it's one quality, maybe it's another quality, maybe it's the location, maybe it's the type of kelp, maybe it's the combination of the two kelps. They're working now to sort out all their data so they can make better recommendations for all of us. It is an emerging industry in Alaska, which, of course, if you're creating more food security, then you're also creating more job opportunities, which creates more job security, and all of these things work together if if there's any place that could use that kind of development, it certainly is Alaska. I'm not saying that we couldn't use some too, but there's been a there's a lot of lot of issues around um, the the waters in Alaska and the way that the fishing has changed and the way that things have changed. They're they're going to have to do something, and frankly, kelp farming can be a part of that solution. Speaking of water, though, 
the uh, University of California, San Diego, must have had a convention because they keep reporting there's new reports from their research all this month. Well, of course. Who wouldn't want to go to San Diego and listen to people present papers in January? Come on. Even with the terrible weather in all of California, San Diego has much been much less damage and much less um, of all the effects of those Pacific storms have been there. Now, you know that the stomates, the reason that we clean the leaves of our plants every now and then is not just because they look better, but so that their stomata, their pores, can open and close more effectively and more efficiently. So when we do that, we understand that that's triggered by water management. That's a a function of that in our plants. So in order for them to really work well, we we need to know what else is going on. And the, the folks there at UC San Diego have been cobbling together this fascinating, long sought carbon dioxide sensor in plants. They have located it. And that in turn controls water evaporation, it controls photosynthesis, and it controls plant growth because they're all in a straight line, all right? The carbon dioxide, we understand how photosynthesis works. You've got to have the carbon dioxide, but you've also got to have the water, the oxygen. You've also got to understand that that then goes to photosynthesis, which is the whole point because we need to produce plants that grow. So more than 50 years ago when they discovered the beauty of um, the, the carbon dioxide sensations that plants have, as the, as the carbon dioxide levels change, those stomatas open and close, and that in turn controls the processes that lead to plant growth. They lose, most plants lose more than 90% of their water by evaporation through the stomata. So if the stomata don't work, or if we don't understand how they work, then we can starve the plants. Well, we don't want to do that. The regulation of this by the carbon dioxide is crucial to determine how much water the plants lose and whether or not we can change that dynamic. It just makes so much sense. I, I really, um, this is an interesting bit of work, and I'm, I'm sure that there will be lots and lots more about it because it's the carbon dioxide sensor spot in the plants has a lot of relation in my mind to the brain structure that helps us control, that monitors the inflammations and whatnot that are going on in our brains. We live in the most amazing place in the universe because we are able to look at all these processes and see how they work and study their implications. It's just, I don't know if anybody else gets to do this. We're very, very fortunate. Oh, somebody sent me a picture this week and said you were right. I love that. It was a picture of a poinsettia in their office still sitting in the foil wrap from Christmas. And it's wilted. And she said, you know, they've been putting a little water in it, but I don't think they ever took it out to water it properly. So appreciate seeing that. Thank you very much. And no, they didn't. If the plant has a basket, a cloche, a wrap of any sort around it, take that off, water it, let the water go through the pot, then put that all back together after it dries. There's no problem with decorating it and making it fancy, but, you know, it's like high heel shoes. You have to take them off eventually. <laughs> you got you to worry about your feet under there somewhere, and in this case, you got to worry about the soil under your plants. Somebody asked also, how much light does it take to grow orchids indoors? Well, it depends on the orchid, first of all. 
but moth orchids and um oh gosh some of the some of the uh, mostly the ones that you would see in a display in the in in a retail setting okay not an exotic orchid not something you had to go to a show to see or any even into a greenhouse but just sitting in a retail setting those are the ones that are going to be able to live in the same circumstances that you're living in that's to say temperatures above 65 degrees moderate amounts of light moderate amounts of humidity and hopefully not a door that's going to open and you know freeze your elbows every five minutes all those things contribute to growing conditions for you and also to your orchids. Well, let's hop over and stick around for a little bit because we got some more to go here on Weekend Gardening. Hello, I'm Colonel Randy Ginn, Director of the Mississippi Highway Patrol. In 2021, MHP investigated 1,480 crashes involving commercial motor vehicles on Mississippi roadways. Many of those crashes could have been avoided. The MHP Motor Carrier Safety Division is partnering with big rig truckers to conduct safety checks across our state through the Troopers and Truckers Safety Initiative. The Department of Public Safety and the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration are working together with one common goal, to keep our highways safe for everyone. Thank you and drive safe. You know that nowadays, most people go online to look at a business before they spend their money. Are customers able to find you online? With the power of Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital, you can reach potential customers and get more referral and repeat business. Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital's highly trained and trusted staff is ready to work with you to help your business capitalize on the power of digital marketing. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today. This is a special alert to all Americans who own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles with an auto warranty about to expire or with no warranty coverage at all. Due to a decline in the economy, CarShield is announcing a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that is now available to the public to save any driver out-of-pocket expenses on future auto repairs. Call now to find out how you can pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Yes, you heard that correctly. Pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. An open phone line has been established for all drivers to call for a free quick quote. Call 800-341-8735 now. Drivers who are covered will not have to pay for covered repairs again. This protection plan is at an all-time low. Additionally, drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Call us for your free quick quote today. 800-341-8735. That's 800-341-8735. What do you have to lose? Call 800-341-8735. Again, 800-341-8735. Having any electrical problems? LaValley Electrical Services. We install new switches, breakers, relays, and Kohler generators. LaValley Electrical Services. We handle new lighting fixtures, ceiling fans, electrical outlets, and LED lights. LaValley Electrical Services. 601-228-9969. 601-228-9969. That's 601-228-9969 or online at LaValleyServices.com. That's LaValleyServices.com. 
guys, it's football season again, and the College Corner is back to get you geared up for game day. We have significantly increased our inventory, so there is even more to choose from. Still waiting in lines and fighting the big crowds in Starkville and Oxford? Come by, and our staff will have you in and out and on your way. Want to score a touchdown at your next tailgate or homegate party? Then look for us online at collegecornerstore.com or come see us at our Ridgeland store and in Flowood. The College Corner, where it's our job to make your Saturdays great. Family Termite is a proud VIP sponsor of the Handyman Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Whether you're a proud DIYer or a seasoned veteran, Mississippi's handyman Buddy Slowick has the answers to your home improvement questions each Saturday from 10 till noon. The best made-to-order lunch is right around the corner at 4th and Gold Sports Cafe. Eat in or carry out, DoorDash or Grubhub. Call 769-208-8283. That's 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283. Do you have an invention idea but don't know what to do next? Call InventHelp today. We have representatives nationwide who will explain the InventHelp process step by step. Over 10,000 patents have been secured through InventHelp's patent referral services. The InventHelp data bank includes thousands of companies who have agreed to review new ideas. We've been helping inventors since 1984. Let's help you next. Get started today. Call 1-800-217-4380. That's 1-800-217-4380. Again, 1-800-217-4380. to be under the sea in an octopus's garden in the shade he'd let us in knows where we've been in his octopus's garden in the shade I'd ask my friends to and yes friends that is the weather forecast for much of the, our listening area tomorrow We're back to the uh, Chilean football business. Now, I realize that this is the time when you might also be looking at seed catalogs or you might be ordering bulbs or you might just be, frankly, staring outside and wondering whether or not that sweet olive is going to make it or not. All of that is appropriate at this time of year. I have to add a couple of notes to you today, though, because they're just... We continue to discover things. And in the discovery world, very recently, Kobe University, I I can't say that I have ever looked at monotropostrum plants before with such interest. These are those things that you see them occasionally, usually in wallpaper, like a botanic uh, drawing of wallpaper or something, and they're, they're gray. The whole stem and the flower and everything, and they're just really otherworldly looking. They belong to me in the Dr. Seuss garden that I keep the list of plants for, should I ever be called upon to try and, and put together that garden. But this monopastrum, uh, monotropastrum humile is the one that I'm familiar with, as familiar as I am about them, which is very little. But this is Eastern and Southeastern Asia, and it's a plant that you see in art. So eventually you go and look at it, and you say, oh, well, that's what that is. Pretty interesting stuff. It does, it's again, we started out with stories today about things that do not photosynthesize. This one does not. And they take in the nutrients that they need from other organisms. So it, it was believed for years and years that their only source of life and food were the hyphae of fungi that they live compatibly with in shady areas in that part of the world, in, in, in Asia, in Southeast Asia primarily. However, 
they keep looking at this one that's in Japan. And so, well, it's just got to be an, an odd, but, well, no, it's actually a separate species. This one is pretty. The other one is almost, almost so exotic looking, almost so odd looking that you think it's made out of glass or some other, it can't possibly be a real plant. This other one looks like a real plant that is your fantasy of a real plant. Rosy pink petals, stems that really do look like milk glass, that old-fashioned um, white porcelain or white ceramic that we used to see, you know, people would have vases and, and drinkware and stuff out of. But it's really, really beautiful. They they thought it was just a color variant, and they, and they named it, in fact, Humile V, which is for variety, Rosium. But 20 years later, they couldn't figure out that they were the same. They're not. They are related, but they are not the same. Um, the, the flowers and things are different. The root ball is different. In fact, they're shorter. I mean, it's just really very, very cool. The, the flowering season is even different. And... As the two plant species have the same primary pollinator, which is the bumblebee that brings the fungus to them, the bumbus diversus, the difference in flowering times actually does change the way the pollen is distributed. So that's really interesting, too. But sometimes, just like sometimes when they look in the drawer, they find that that plant that they really didn't realize was something different is entirely different. It wasn't mislabeled. It was just unresearched. And in this particular case, they found a beautiful, beautiful plant. It's actually its own thing. I have a feeling there was somebody out there trying to figure out how they were going to get the lesser exciting one, the humile, to begin to look like its cousin. But they couldn't do that because it's two different things. There are some things you can be planting right now, and you should be, trees and shrubs and um, all that sort of thing. But if you happen to be a person who has ordered, I I know somebody who did this last year, they ordered a bare root fruit tree and forgot they'd ordered it, and by the time it came, they couldn't figure out what they were going to do with it. Well, if you've got bare root fruit trees or bare root vines or bare root anything, really, Please make sure that you don't just go stick it in the ground. You say, well, it's going to rain tomorrow. I can just plant it. That's really not true. The, they need a particular amount of care because in many cases they have been sealed in wax so that they don't dehydrate. So that means that you need to prune the roots, probably even prune the top if there is much of one, and then put the whole business, top, roots and all, into a five-gallon bucket of warm water. Don't let it freeze overnight. That won't help. <laughs> put it in your garage or somewhere and let them. You can even put some root stimulator fertilizer in there or, or some worm compost or something else if you'd like. But, but what you're trying to do is to make sure that you're getting it hydrated so that when you put it in the ground, it doesn't immediately have to try and get water and nutrients out of the soil. It has enough to allow it to get established. And that's really what we're trying to do in any planting situation. I had someone uh, send me a note this week, said, well, the ryegrass died, which I didn't really realize it had, but in his case it had. They built a a pool house and put ryegrass out the back of it to keep the slope from eroding, and then it froze. He said, I have a half a pound back here. Can I still plant it? I said, sure. (laughs) 
I'm not going to say no. Speaking of planning, uh, Cliff Lawson from uh, Biloxi, he has an oyster farm. We were just visiting on the oh, phone. Oh, yeah, hey. He's a great guy. and uh, he, he was. He, I want to go see him. Yeah, I, I want, I, I've got his info. So, oh, good. But uh, he was uh, saying the kelp idea is a great idea. Now, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, obviously it's going to grow more in cooler water, but I'm, I'm sure with all the engineering that everyone's doing out in the, in the institutes of the world, you got to find something, you know, something to maybe a little warmer water. and Well, and, and different, different conditions, changing conditions, too is the other thing i believe that's part of what we're all trying to understand is how how are we going to things are not as they were things are never the same twice in a row very very rarely i should say are things actually twice in a row the same but the differences in bloom times and temperatures and what will grow where and all of these other things is changing at a more rapid rate than we thought so i'm glad to know that he likes that idea now of course i need oysters Okay. Anyway, <laughs> lots and lots, lots of oysters. and lots of oysters. And, and another, he was sitting there at his restaurant, looking out over the um, the water, and he he said, "You know, I know you're a duck hunter." He said he's got a mess of black-bellied whistling ducks that are sitting down there, and they're not native here. You know, they're Argentinian. No, that's and, pretty. Yeah, too. And I took, they're they're definitely unique. Go look that up they're if you haven't really seen those pretty. before. I think they're pretty. I think they're odd. I I have a friend that um, has them in her logo. (laughs) She's from South America. (laughs) Anyway, I don't know anything about so many things, but I'm always eager to learn. I think that's part of how we, frankly, keep ourselves interested in ourselves and in the world around us is just by continuing to know things. For example, um, there's a prediction of a spectacular bloom in out west in the United States in the desert this year. Well, I've only I was I was fortunate enough to be at in, at one great bloom and it was magnificent. If you have a chance, you should go and see that. But on the other hand, you can also look at a more complicated map now of the Milky Way. I think this is really interesting. We did you know we have a this is such a wonderful acronym. It's Aura like the aura that would be around you, but it is the Association of Universities for Research in Astronomy. They have released a survey that is described as gargantuan. And when astronomers say something is gargantuan, they're serious. This is really huge of the Milky Way. Now, that's something to think about, something to consider. Something to talk about at dinner tonight. Now, I'll look see a bunch of y'all this Monday at Lakeland Yard and Garden. If you haven't registered for February 6th, I hope you'll do so. And I hope you'll come back right here next week for more Weekend Gardening. Weekend Gardening with the Garden Mama is a production of TeleSouth Communication. Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money, but they may do shoddy work, or in some cases, no work at all, costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go licensed. For more information, contact the Mississippi State Board of Contractors at msboc.us. This is professional ball player and former Mississippi State Bulldog, Jake Mangum. 
Whether you're playing ball, driving your truck, or working in the yard, safety is everything. You've got to make sure that you're prepared for the worst, but do everything you can to aim for the best. That's why I go with Farm Bureau. They've always kept me ready for anything with exceptional customer service and competitive rates. Visit favrates.com for great rates on home and auto insurance. Or find a local agent at msfbins.com. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. Do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of Dream Home AC Systems. (laughs) Are you feeling it? Dream. The new degree of comfort. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again. If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com. A Super Talk Mississippi media production. 